Okay, guys, man, things are just crazy. Uh, during that intro clip, did you guys have audio? I heard nothing. I heard absolutely zero here. But anyway, um, we're going to figure this thing out. Oh, okay. Hey, guys, this uh, this is Amateur Radio Roundtable, and today is uh, May the 2nd, 2023. And uh, this is Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio, uh, amateur radio, shortwave, and electronics, whatever. And uh, we're so glad you're uh, with us tonight. And uh, if you're after listening on a world famous international shortwave station, WBCQ, we would love to uh, hear from you uh, where you are in the world and how you're hearing the station. If you will, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. Also join our Facebook group. We've got about, about 14,000 members in our Facebook group uh, right now. The um, Simple way to get to our Facebook, uh, Ham Radio Facebook group is just type W5KUB in the search on Facebook and you'll get it. Also, if you will, uh, click the uh, subscribe button. It's going to be right over here somewhere. Hit that subscribe button and that uh, helps YouTube to, you know, uh, advertise our show. We'd love to have you uh, hit that subscribe button. It, it'll help us out a whole lot there. Uh, Let's see. Uh, let me see what else is going on here. Uh, a lot of developments are going. We'll talk a little more about it in a little while, but uh, we've decided to webcast the Dayton Hamvention all day Saturday. So we're going to have a stream up all day Saturday. And uh, with the help of uh, Mark uh, there in the chat room, uh, KE8, uh, HIW, did I get that right, Mark? Anyway, um, Mark is going to be setting up uh, a link uh, to to use there, a, a Starlink, and and uh, our own Wi-Fi for the uh, uh, for the uh, area out there. So we're going to have about six or seven, maybe eight, uh, uh, roving uh, video reporters. They're going to be walking around out there, and we got prizes. So we're going to have an all-day Saturday hamvention. And uh, hopefully it'll work good, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have some fun on Saturday. So that's one of the things going on here. Um, so uh, before we get into the RF exposure, uh, let me go back to Glenn and just say, Glenn, uh, man, sorry you had so much trouble tonight. Uh, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm hanging in there. I'm trying to. The audio feeding back to me is about half of what the audio is on the, the outgoing playback. It's about so, half, huh? Yeah. So whatever you're feeding me, it's gotten really low. Well, I'm not feeding you. And I didn't change anything. Yeah, I don't know that I'm feeding you anything different than what I'm feeding anywhere else. But it, you know, when you played the theme, yeah. it was about twice as loud. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm hearing from Yeah, you. and it, it, it may have been recorded much louder, too. Uh, well, I mean, it was it was twice. Yeah. Hey, so uh, you're going to be at Dayton, and uh, you're going to do a uh, – you got a forum going up there, and you're going to be there. Uh, hey, we're going to uh, – Saturday the 20th. Saturday the 20th, they're asking what the date is. Saturday, I think it's May 20th, is when we'll do the webcast. And we're going to do it from, uh, I think uh, – uh like eight to four that'd be like nine to five eastern nine to five eastern time 
on W5KUB, and we will be giving out prizes uh, to people out there. And, uh, you know, if you want to get a prize, though, uh, you can't be in the YouTube chat room. You're going to have to be in the W5KUB chat room. So uh, that's how Hambot works. So we're going to have a lot of fun here. What time's your, uh, what time's your forum? 9.15 in Building 4. So uh, you could actually send somebody down there to, to video it if you want. Well, uh, that's a possibility. Um, yeah, this is this is another all new forum. I've redone it just for Dayton. Yeah, the only my only concern that we don't know yet. You're you're inside probably. I mean, this, uh, most of those buildings are metal buildings, right? And the Starlink and the Wi-Fi we're putting up outside is going to be outside. So we don't know. We it's probably not going to cover inside very well. But if you could get someone just to at least get a video, you know, yeah. record that. Someone could record it. Yeah. And then we can always play it back at some other time on one of the shows if we have to. Right. You know. All right. Well, that's good. 9.15? 9.15 in forum number four. That's the okay. building out back behind the bleachers. Oh, okay. Uh, I, the flea market. Yeah. Behind the bleachers, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know there was a building back there. Oh yeah, it's a I, it's a brick building, right? You know, you keep following that asphalt yeah. trail around, and it takes you right to it. Wow, well, I'm, I missed that. Or uh, you can hop one of the the golf carts and get you there. Yeah. Uh okay. Well, Bill's doing a pico launch there uh, about one thirty or two o'clock. We're gonna launch some balloons up there. Uh, we're going to sit down with all our roving, uh, video guys and just try to lay out a time schedule for sa uh, Friday, I mean, Saturday and, uh, and things to see. And, uh, uh, hopefully we can have, uh, one of our video guys right there with, with Bill, uh, and show the launch of the Pico balloon. So that, that'll be a cool thing to do. Uh, Bill just keep reminding me as we get closer, uh, to, to the uh, time that you're actually going to get them launched there. Uh, also, hey, if there's anybody that's watching right now that's going to Dayton and would like to, would like to help us, uh, we we're looking for for other people that can you know maybe give us 15, 20, 30 minutes uh, on Saturday, and uh, you just take your smartphone. And I give you the link, and you click on that link, and you you have a, a an HD camera on the show, and we can we're going to be able to select your camera here on the show, and show everybody in the world what you're looking at there as you walk around, and uh, we'll have two way communications with you. Well, you know, we'll be able to say, hey, uh, you know, give me a close up of that uh, SX120 or whatever. We'll be able to talk to you and uh, 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 kind of steer you around there. So we're looking for volunteers that might want to help. And hey, even if we have a couple, two or three running around at the same time, uh, that's okay. We can take multiple people at the same time and then just select what camera is interesting at that time. So uh, if you'd like to help us Saturday, man, please, please contact me. And uh, you'll be working with uh, Mark there, uh, KE8HIW up there. Uh, he, he's got a booth outside. And I forget the number. Forget the number. So on the south side of the uh, the track there. 
but uh, we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to you know provide you connectivity there where you can stream back into the show. So man, we need some help. We need. I think we got about six or seven people possibly that are going to do that. I'd love to have ten people that are going to do it. And in between, if it gets boring there, in between. Uh, we're going to Hambot's going to be giving prizes out uh, all day on Saturday, so that'll be good. Uh, and uh, uh, Mark is going to have a camera actually running in the outside booth there. So if it's pouring down rain, man, we can switch over to that camera there and we can watch everybody running around in the mud, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, so I remember that first year and all that mud. You had a video of me up to my knees in it. Oh man, it was deep that year. I mean, it was oh, yeah. really, really deep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Booth, else. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Booth uh, 8220 and 8221 is where our uh, where where market will be there, and where we'll have you know uh, uh, streaming set up there. And Mark and you know uh, uh, you you guys can coordinate with Mark and me. Uh, I'll be on the show hopefully most of the day in and out. Mark will be on there. Uh, uh, looking forward to this, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. I just hope it's not raining. I don't think it's going to be raining. I don't know. The long range forecast is showing rain on a couple of the days. Well, I was listening to Ryan Hall, y'all, and probably some of you guys know who I'm talking about. And he showed us the weather pattern out there, and there's this weather pattern that's straight through the U.S. blocking everything going east, man. Well, that's so he fine. Said, he said there's going to be a lot of rain, a lot of rain to the west. He said it's going to be very little rain. He said we'll get some rain to the east, but it's going to be very little rain to the east of central U.S. So uh, Ryan Hall, y'all, is a pretty good guy to have have on. On check him out on the internet. Yeah, one more thing, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been coordinating with ARRL here the past couple of days, and they have promised that they are going to have my book there, and they're going to set me up, and I'll be signing books uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, so probably right after my forum on Saturday, uh, I'll be back at the ARRL area meeting and signing books and everything. So y'all come on by. Okay, we'll uh, we'll uh, surely try to do that. And again, if we can, you know, we may be able to do video uh, live stream video from inside. And if we That'd are, be fun. We'll, we'll we'll come by there. And you you'll also know where Mark is out there. I'm sure you're going to get yeah. out and flea market. Oh so yes, <laughs> you can come by. You can come by and make a, a special appearance there. You know. Oh yeah. No, I yeah. love the flea market there. You know, I'm I'm yeah. driving this year so I can bring back boat anchors and everything. All right. Well. Since I'm not going this year, I'm going to watch the flea market right here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then you're going to point and say, buy that for me and get it. Yeah, if I, see something, it if I see something I want, like a new, uh, you know, two kilowatt amp or something, Glenn, I'm going to say, Glenn, buy that for me. Bring it back. I'll pay you when you get back. Right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I got plenty of room. I'm taking the big SUV, so we're good. Oh, that's cool, man. You can bring back a lot of stuff. Bring All right. Lots. All right. All right, so I just wonder how things are going out there. Uh, I'm seeing the show on W5KUV. It's coming back on YouTube. <laughs> so I don't know. Glenn, you know all the big wigs there at YouTube. You need to contact one of them and complain. I don't know anybody at YouTube. Well, I don't think there's anybody there but robots. 
And what makes you think I'm on good terms with robots? Well, that's that's your feel, man. You know, you're Arduino. They don't like me. They don't talk to me. Yeah. All right. Well, look, let's do this. Hey, man, I want to talk a little about the RF exposure uh, that is um, a requirement now. I mean, it's law. And uh, let's see if this thing works here. Let me see what I got going here. So yeah look at this so i did the i did the um rf exposure here it might whoop, that's the wrong one i did the rf exposure i did about four or five pages and what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to calculate your rf exposure for every band you're on for every antenna you're on every power you use any combination of any of that you're supposed to uh, uh, have done the RF exposure uh, calculation on that let me see okay um so as I, I mentioned I, I I did I did it on the the, the bands I work mostly and um, the power that I typically run, for instance. Uh, and this is going to tell you uh, how how safe it is to be near that. First, let me just let me go over some of the rules here and, and what's happening. This this is effective tomorrow on May the 3rd. There are new FCC rules governing RF exposure. Uh, they went into effect. Uh, they've already been in effect, but they really go into effect tomorrow. Uh, it's been going on for a two-year transition period now, uh, and it was uh, that transition was implemented to allow existing stations to make any necessary changes. It sounds bad, but it's pretty simple, guys. I'm going to show you how simple this is in a minute. Now, uh, FCC RF exposure rules uh, are not new to radio amateurs. Uh, in 1996, the FCC enacted uh, the first exposure regulations that affected the amateur radio service and all amateur radio stations were expected to comply by 1998. Now, I have to admit, I really didn't know much about that. Did you, Glenn? Glenn, are you there? Oh, yeah, I was doing something else. Okay, you saying- Yeah, were, were you aware that by ni- 1998, a lot of these rules were already in place? No, never heard about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're really making it real formal right now. So um, so the, the FCC also added a, a certification statement to Form 605 and your Form 610 that had to be affirmed by every radio amateur who was issued an FCC license. If you renewed your license or you changed your station license or anything, uh, or even your address, on that form, you had to select and check, I'm aware of this new law. Uh, they wanted to make sure that you knew this new law and you don't, you don't, uh, uh, you know, play dumb. Now, I really didn't know about it. And, you know, I've renewed uh, in the last few years, and I don't remember that being on the, on the, uh, on the form there. But anyway... So it says here, you know, due to the 10-year license period, it says by 2008, every licensed radio amateur in the U.S. had certified 
that they would comply with the FCC rules for RF safety. By 2008, it says all of us that did that. Now, maybe we just checked the box and didn't know. Well, what we was. had to certify, but we didn't have to certify that we'd obey the rules, but we didn't have to formally do this calculation thing. Yeah, yeah. We just said, we'll abide by whatever you tell us to. So let's see here. Uh, it says here, uh, in addition, all mobile, looks like all mobile and handheld radios were categorically exempted from performing this exposure assessment. Because I guess it'd be so hard to, if you're driving around, to um, know what your distance to exposure to to people that are walking around a car, you know. So, and, and, and also repeaters were exempt from that as long as they were running less than 500 watt effective radiated power. Now, you know, under the uh, newly proposed, what was that? You say something? No, that was my phone. Oh, okay. So under the newly uh, proposed changes, uh, the same rules apply to all licensed transmitters in the United States. This goes for every transmitter in the United States, not just hams. Uh, you know, another change was the FCC uh, uh, called, uh, they had a thing called the PAC, that's the Positive Access Control which became the responsibility of all affected uh, radio amateurs under the new rule. So positive access control, I, I think what that's actually meaning is you're responsible for your transmitter site and you're responsible for the access of anybody that walks in that area. Uh, whether it be, you know, uh, uh, some somebody walking down a sidewalk and comes up in your yard or whatever, you're responsible under that rule, the PAC, the positive access control. Uh, it's a little complicated here. Uh, I think what you're, what you're thinking is that most hams don't want to get into the positive access control because what you would have to do, you'd have to put up like a big fence around your transmitter. You'd have to put signs on there that says radiation, uh, you know, don't don't enter RF radiation. And most hams aren't going to do that. So um, so they've come up with this this other calculation that we have to do. And I'm going to show you how to do it in just a minute. And uh, let's see. I think we lost Glenn. I think we lost Glenn. Okay, so uh, so uh, let's see. So as of May the third, twenty twenty three, every station must be at, uh, uh, assessed for exposure before it's operated. The uh, ARL uh, is providing online an RF exposure calculator that will uh, help you to calculate. Uh, the specifics for your station. And you bring Glenn back. Try to bring Glenn back. I can get to. Here we go. Yeah, it abended again on me. Yeah, yeah get your new laptop. Expensive. No, it's it's this app. It don't like this app. Uh, all right. All right. So uh, the ARL has a site out there that you can go to. 
If you go to ARL.org slash RF dash exposure dash calculator, it's going to bring up a screen that will um, do this calculation for you. Now, I'm going to bring that screen up right now so you can see it. And we're going to just do a couple of them here real quick. I'll show you how easy it is to do. So uh, let's see. We're going to go here. And we're going to type in the URL. The URL, which is ARRL.org. Uh, forward slash RF dash exposure dash calculator. And it's going to bring up. It's going to bring up the ARL site. And if you read down through here, it gives you a little detail about it. And here's here's the parameters. Here's what we got to fill in here. So let's do one real quick. Let's do one. So it, it's very simple. Power at the antenna. Do you need help with that? If you need help with that, you can click this tab here. And it's going to tell you uh, various duty cycles and, and what to use for your power. It's going to, you know, it talks about loss in your coax and stuff. Or, yeah. So anyway, let's, let's do this. We all pretty much know power at the antenna. So let's say uh, if we run a kilowatt and uh, we've got... Um, Let's say we got 3 dB loss in our cable, so that's going to cut the power to half. So our power would be 500 watts at the antenna. So we're going to key in 500 watts right here. Glenn, can y'all see that on the screen? Yes. Yeah, okay. And then duty cycle, I'm going to say you, you pick your duty cycle, conversational sideband, no speech processing, because if you've got speech processing, that increases your effective power so we're going to say uh, a conversational sideband right there uh no speech the duty cycle okay now we got to talk about duty cycle you know so let's just say we transmit for three minutes on average and we receive for say four minutes I mean, that might be a typical discussion between two people, you know, three minutes, four minutes and so forth. Yeah. Antenna gain in DBI. Now, here's where you got to you can click on help here and it's going to tell you on this screen. If you look down here, your DBI. So um, uh, a delta loop, for instance, a delta loop here, it, the DBI is uh, 5.2 DBI. 5.2 dBi. So we're going to go back to our uh, calculator and put 5.2 in there. Uh, 5.2. Okay. And in the operating frequency, let's just say we're going to operate on uh, 40 meters. So I'm going to be operating on 7.18. Uh, okay. Now that's all I have to do. But here's here's the kicker. If you're operating on 20 meters. You got to do this again. If you're operating on 80, you got to do it again. Uh, if your power is different, you got to do it again. Um, 
and if you use a different mode, you got to do it again with all those bands. That's, that, that's right. So there's Good. various com various combinations here. I need 300 pages. That's true. You could. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna scroll down here, and then I'm gonna hit calculate here, the calculate button, and instantly we get the answer. It says right here, maximum allowed power density. This may not mean a lot to anybody, but I think that's I think that's milliwatt per uh, uh, square centimeter. Let's go down to minimum safe distance. It says if I'm running 800, if I'm running, you know, a kilowatt, you know, remember what we put in our, uh, uh, our formula. I was running a kilowatt, but we get 500 watts of the antenna. We get a 2.51 dBi gain, so forth. With that configuration, maximum safe distance from that antenna is going to be 1.4 feet. That sounds pretty close, don't it? So 1.4 feet, look at that. Now, that's for a controlled, that's a controlled area right there, okay? Now, controlled area means that, you know, you've got a fence around, you know, I got a 10-foot fence around it and a, a sign, you know, saying don't come in and all that stuff. So all the ham stuff, basically, we're not going to put up a big fence. We're not going to put up a sign. So our distance is going to be a little different. So we're in an uncontrolled environment. So right here, it tells us in our uncontrolled environment, minimum safe distance from that antenna is 3.1 feet right there. So all you got to do is hit print results right there. And, and you will actually have the form that... Um, uh, you need now. Let's go back and let's let's discuss it just a little bit more. So you can see it's pretty simple uh, there. Um, so um, so we did the form, and um, let's see. I mean, let me read here. Let's see every station on access for exposure. Okay. Okay, the ARL provides the RF exposure calculator, and the, the, the calculator there requires values to be entered for power transmitted minus the feed line loss, the antenna gain, the type of modulation, the approximate transmit and receive times, and the frequency. All that you saw, we put that in that in that form right here. All right, so now here's the, here's the thing: the FCC does not require you to uh, submit that information to them. You don't have to submit anything. Uh, it's just, they just want you to do it. They recommend that you, they recommend that you, uh, you do that and you just take these, take your forms and uh, you file them, file them in your ham radio drawer. And that way, if anyone ever makes a complaint toward you about RF exposure or says, you know, hey, I walked by this transmitter and I got burned. If the FCC then comes to you, uh, they're going to say, have you done the study? And you're going to say, well, yes, I, I sure have. In fact, uh, here's here's some printouts where I did them uh, uh, last year. Uh, you know, these are my antennas and the bands I use and so forth and maximum power and so forth. And FCC soon say, well, that's great. I'm glad you did it. Or they could say, did you do it? And you can say, well, I did it, but I can't prove I did it. And they're going to say, are you sure you did it? And then you'll probably say, 
Well, maybe I didn't do it. But anyway, so you guys kind of get the gist of, of what I'm talking about here. This becomes law tomorrow, the 3rd of May. It's real simple to use that calculator and uh, uh, to, to, do your, to do your analysis there and just uh, file it away. You don't have to submit it. So anyway, that's kind of a breakdown on it's kind of a breakdown on the RF exposure. So what do you think, Glenn? Well, are the mobile uh, stations still exempt, or do we have to do that for them as well? Yeah, mobile stations are exempt. And uh, okay. mobile stations and repeaters. Oh, let's okay. see. So those are still exempt from having to do this. Yeah, yeah. If they're if the repeater's under 500 watts. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about well, the repeaters aren't yeah. going to be, you know, more than yeah. three feet away because they're going to be several hundred feet up a tower. So, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not going to be accessible. But I'm thinking like in cars, yeah, you can reach around and grab my antenna anytime you want. So, you know, that, yeah, yeah. that foot distance isn't going to fly in, in a mobile station. Oh, let's see. I'm looking at chat room to see if there's any uh, uh, questions. Uh, yeah, Bill said that there's some stations on 75 meters that are running more than 100% duty cycle. More than 100%, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're probably running more than a, more than a couple of kilowatts, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, what I would think about doing would be uh, taking the 100% the duty cycle modes yeah. And or do the calculation for a hundred percent duty cycle and say, look, this is the max. Here we go. And just do it for every band rather than having to do it for every mode and every band that I operate, because yeah. I operate all of them. I would say I'd have I 300 say, pages. What I did, I took the top power that I'd be running because anything yeah. lower than that is gonna be you know a shorter distance. Let's right. do this. Let's, let's let's go in here and just play with one form and let's put a hundred percent duty cycle in and let's put two kilowatts in and see how bad it really is. So uh, I don't think it's going to be bad at all, to tell you the truth. Let's see. No. So, no, so these are... Yeah. So, okay. So, um, all right. So power at the antenna. Hey, let's say we got 2,000 watts at the antenna. Yeah, you got we really good feed line. We don't have any loss, man. We got 2,000 no. watts at no, the you antenna. No, you're running Heliax. Uh, yeah, I, I typed on the wrong keyboard. Uh, okay, we got... 2,000 watts at the antenna. Uh, let's see, a duty mode. Uh, let's see. Um, AM. There's AM. You're going to run AM on, yeah, on this And let's say we're on for, uh, you want to go for 10 minutes? You know. Yeah, let's go for the full 10 minutes. We're going to talk for 10 minutes, then we're going to ID, and then we're going to give it to the other guy that's running 2,000 watts, let him talk for 10 minutes, right? Yeah. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put 10 minutes here for receiving too. Yeah. I mean, All that's right. enough time to cook a turkey. Antenna gain, uh, we'll keep the 5.2 dBi. That's my loop out there. Yeah. And we're on uh, 40 meters. All right. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens here. Now, if you remember the minimum safe distance a while ago for 1.4 feet. Uncontrolled though was 3.1 feet right yeah. here. So a yard. All right, let's see what happens here when we put all that other in there. Bam. Oh man, Ooh. look at that. Look at there. You shouldn't be within 16 feet 
of that antenna when when uh, you know the guys were in a hundred percent AM uh, two kilowatt. Oh man, yeah, yeah. you got to stay sixteen feet away. So put it seventeen feet in the air, and you're good. That's true. That's true. So uh, let's see, and that's a good point. Let me, I got one more picture here that I can show you. I think uh, if I can find it. Um, let's see. Yeah, right here it is. So, I mean, you know, for, for people that have big uh, towers and stuff, I mean, this this moves you up away from. Uh, it, it 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 helps you out there so you can see right there you know hey if you're 80 if you have your antenna up 80 feet in the air somebody walking around on the ground is going to be well outside of the rf exposure and you know by using the what is it pythagorean theory there you can calculate you know just a triangle there you know a square plus b square equals c square so uh you can tell uh you know the distance from your you to uh, to the antenna there so yeah and see now your tower would probably be considered a controlled environment because they're gonna have to climb your tower that's true that's true yeah yeah let's see okay let's see see and i'm, I'm already there because i don't have anything near 2000 watts and i've got a 40 foot tower so yeah you know, I, I can tell you right now, everything I got is going to work because the most power I got here is 200 watts. Yeah. And, you know, uh, like uh, uh, like Bill saying, it might be a problem in California where your nearest neighbor is 16 feet away. You know, so. Well, you just don't run 2000 watts of AM. You run sideband or CW. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I think I think from these numbers, you can see that, you know, RF exposure is not that. It's it's not That's really that going to be that big of an issue um, if you have a decent antenna. Because if you're running 2,000 watts, good heavens, you're going to have an antenna up in the air. You're not going to have it running along a fence line with two kilowatts. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to have that thing 30, 40 feet up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, at that point, as far as I'm concerned, if I've got a dipole 40 feet up, uh, that's a controlled environment because what are you going to do? Climb this tree and access my dipole? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, of course, I'm I'm lucky. I mean, my whole backyard is fenced in, so yeah, I got controlled environment as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, Mark's got a good question. Does a higher or lower frequency change it much? Yeah, it does. Uh, as yeah, you go move higher, that up to ten meters and yeah. see what it does. Okay, we'll do one on we'll, we'll do one on ten meters. We'll do the same one on ten meters. Uh, let me go back to uh, show the form here and uh, let me get the form back yeah, up. And then Bill said, try it on 2.3 gig. Although if you're running two kilowatts at 2.3 gig, you're cooking your neighbor's turkey in his All living right. room. Do, do we want to leave 2000 watts in here? Yeah. Okay. We're going to leave 2000 watts. Keep it the same here. and just change your operating frequency okay. to like 10 meters. Yeah, we, can, we can do that. So right now at 2000 watts in the duty cycle, we're running on uh, talking you know, we're, we're 16 feet. We got a hazard within 16 feet. Right. All right, let's change that. Let's change that frequency to, what do you want to change it to? Let's change uh, it to 28, 100. 
28100. Although that's not in the side, but that's not in the AM portion of the band, but still it's well, close that's enough. That's fine. That's the CW portion. I got to type on the right keyboard here. 28, 28.1. All right, let's, let's do the calculations. And remember, we were 16 feet. So here we go. Well, did we do it? Oh, look at here. 65 feet now. Wow. So, you know, hey, well, hey, you know, we may be getting into something here now. If you, well, if you run 2,000 watts on, on 10 meters, we're looking at 65 feet. But, you know, 2,000 watts on 10 meters is just about legit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it is. Well, at the antenna, you know, realistically, what's your, what's your max? 1.5 kilowatts? Don't get me. Don't, hey, I took my test 58 years ago, man. Is it ERP? Is it ERP or is it? Uh, no, it's it's power out now. And I want to say it's 1.5, but you're going to have loss. Yeah. You know. Let's do this. Let's put the frequency up really high. Yeah. Let's put it like, hey. Uh, let's well, like Bill up. says, let's make it, you know, 2.3 gig. All right. It's going to be 2,300 megahertz. 2300 2300 boy we're gonna get fried here i can tell you that right yeah now. like bill says the crow's gonna fall off the antenna you know That's birds right. are gonna right. fall down i hit calculator right we may bring the internet down on this one what is that it's still calculating oh is it well you, you well you get oh, your yeah. hour yeah i think it is well no hit calculate again and be sure you did because those are those are strange numbers. I'll be darned. It it may it may not go that high, you know. Let, let's put in here. Uh, let's put in here uh, 440. Yeah. It, it it I don't know if your program goes that high. Uh, okay, here we go. Calculate. Well, there we go. But see, it would have to. You're you're going to need calculations if you're going to be running 2.3 gig. If you're a microwave guy running 2.3 or 10 gig. Yeah, well, it, well, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't think that's going to uh, be an issue for any uh, ham well, Nobody's going to be running two kilowatts at 2.3 gig. I mean, let's get right, serious. Right, right. Well, you're not, you know, you're not going to have two kilowatts at the antenna, no matter if you are running two kilowatts. You know, I always wanted, I always wanted to run, you know, hey, we as hams, we can run a kilowatt on, on 1.2 gigs, you know? Yeah. So in the 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 Wi-Fi band, the 1.2 gig Wi-Fi band, I think that's shared in the amateur band, I think. If I'm yes, not it mistaken. is. Um, the, um, no, the 2.4 is shared. Well, oh, yeah, 2.4. That's shared. Channels okay. 1 through 6 are shared, and we have Bro. full 1,500 watts on those bands. Okay. Uh, uh, our maximum power about, is 1,500 watts PEP. Okay. I'm thinking about running 1,500 watts on my ex, my internet access point. We are allowed 1,500 watts in 2.4 gig and all ISM frequencies above 902. Okay. So I'm thinking about running 1,500 watts on my internet access point here in the house. The problem I've got is... 
that made desense the receive side a little bit, you know, because <laughs> my <laughs> phone is only running my phone's only running milliwatts to go back, you know. I mean, I, I hear it hear it a long ways away, but I might not be able to get back into it if I'm more than a foot away from it, you know. No, but you'll be able to um use your neighbor's Wi-Fi, you know, three miles up the road. Yeah, yeah. So you won't need to pay for your own internet. Yeah, that's true. All right, let me see what's in the chat room here. Falling off your tower, I see. Hamvich and, uh, what's that? Hamvich and this Yuri, Jeff, not going to. Okay, Bill says he's not going to Hamvich this year. Um, but they're going to be doing the breakfast at Big Boy on East Main. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on Friday and Saturday. Now there's Jeff in three VE. Jeff is going to also be one of the one of our guys up there that's going to help uh, do the streaming. So uh, everybody, uh, uh, welcome uh, and thank Jeff for volunteering to help. Again, if we got anybody else here that's going to be up there that can help out with streaming, well, man, we'd love to uh, love to have you uh, uh, on a team and help us stream uh just that one day yeah glenn just uh left again interesting huh. we're gonna get glenn on your computer i guess i don't know maybe it's mississippi internet oh let's see Yeah, Bill says he could. If we we're running a thousand watts here, he could access it down in uh, 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 Huntsville. You know, when I was working satellite uh, several years ago, uh, one of the satellites had a 2.4 gig downlink, and uh, um, uh, I took a. Uh, there was a modification for a little small cable type converter and uh it was a down converter and we modified it uh per the instructions to make it uh uh connected 10 meter receiver so uh, i actually did make a 2.4 gig contact with the space station let's see no it wasn't a space station it was one of the it was one of the satellites something like so50 or something they had a 2.4 gig uh, uh transponder on it they could turn on and off uh but we were like uh either two meter or 440 up but it was uh 2.4 gig down and we received them fine you know, through that little uh, uh converter and into the 10 meter radio so that was kind of kind of interesting there uh, okay let's see Yeah, I, uh, well, let's see if Glenn's back. Let's see, Glenn. yeah, Glenn's back. There's Glenn. You're back. Hey, uh, what happened? Andy says he's got a uh, he's got a computer running Windows ninety eight. He can send you. No, it's it's the app. Is that is that upgrading too much for you going to Windows ninety eight? Yeah, I mean, I'm still on ninety five with the you know with the service pack and the fun pack and that kind of thing. Yeah, man, interesting. But no, it's it's this app and Windows Seven. It just does not like okay. it. All right, 
Because I'm not drop. I'm not dropping off. Yeah, but so, see, you're you're also. Are you using the same link that I am? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't no. know. That's the question. Are you using the web link? Because yeah. you have more we controls tested, and stuff than I we do. We tested. Uh, Mark and I tested uh, last night or the night before, and we were on what what. We were on for over an hour and a half, and we had uh, Colin from Australia come in here, or New Zealand, wherever he is down here. Uh, we had Colin. We had several people come in, and we were on an hour and a half solid, and nobody dropped, which made me think, hey, this thing is really working well. Okay. You know? Bill actually said you did drop off for a few seconds when I dropped off, and that's what I saw. Okay. Okay. Is you dropped, and then it dropped me, and I had had to get back in. Well, maybe uh, maybe you have your drop recovery turned off. See, my drop recovery is turned on. Where's that? Uh, well, it's a little hidden. It's a hidden pixel right up, right up here in the top. It's about halfway across, about six pixels down. In the, you just have to look for it. Because I don't have a drop recovery option. No, if you don't put your mouse right on that one pixel, you're not going to see it. It's it's a really? hidden. It's a hidden. It's a hidden dropout recovery, and it's a secret. Nobody knows. I shouldn't have even told you that. But yeah. if you move your mouse around up there, if you don't go over, your mouse isn't going to change. So you you probably just not finding it. No, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, yeah. It's just just keep looking. It's up here. And you say it's where? Where in the screen is it? At the top? All right, let me ask a question. Is there anybody in the chat room that thinks that I'm not pulling Glenn's leg right now? No, I'm thoroughly convinced that you are. Is there anybody in the chat room that thinks I'm not pulling Glenn's leg? Man. Well, let's see what you say. Because this thing seems to be a very limited app. Yeah, Amy says if that's too much for you, he's got one that's got DOS 3.1 on it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Well, I've got a Windows 11 system sitting on the floor here waiting to replace this one. Um, All right. Well, but I well, have to. I have to finish my book first. Why? Because I don't want to interrupt and possibly lose everything I've gotten. Well, you don't have to put anything on it. Just bring it up with a browser for the show. I don't have desk space. Desk space? Well, desk. are you going to load the 11 on that piece desk. of D-E-S-K. Oh, oh, oh desk, desk space. Okay. I, I have no desk. room. I got you. No desk space. I um, have... Computer here. I have computer here. I have company laptop here. I have yeah. no room. I have no room for another dual monitor setup. Well, I understand what you're saying. I, I got the yeah. same problem. See, and I tried it with Firefox and Firefox abended too. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. You know, and right now the cats have the Windows 11 system and they're not going to let me have it. So. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, I don't know. Have you played with Windows 11 any? Just a little bit. I've got you know, 10 in the lab yeah. and 10 at work. Well, you know, I, I got it on this new uh, gaming uh, laptop I bought here. And and it 
the part I saw was different. I couldn't find a button to turn it off. <laughs> you know where it says shut down? I couldn't find a shutdown on it because it isn't over on the left bottom like it is on Windows 10, and you don't have that little search bar over there. Yeah. So, so uh, you got to click another little icon in there, and then there's a little bitty another little icon kind of hidden down in the bottom right that says shut down. Or, or they say on Windows 11, you can just hit the shutdown button. Yeah. And it'll shut it down. I um, have not worked that much with 11. Like I say, the new system is on the floor here waiting to come up as soon as I finish this new book. Yeah. Okay. All right. Or retire, well, whichever happens first. All right. Well, you're getting close to retirement, right? Well, relooking. Oh, wait a minute. Are, they, are, are you about to give in and they're going to keep you a little longer? Going to keep me a little longer. Uh, the date right now is either the end of June or if they negotiate a little bit, it will be the end of October or the 1st of October because this new book is due by the 1st of October. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So everything pretty much stabilized with exception of the dropouts, but it looks like we're managing it. Okay. So everybody just stand by and uh, we'll be back in just a minute and we're going to talk about what's coming next here. Got cabin fever? Look no further. Spring is in the air and ICOM has just what you're looking for. We have top quality base stations, mobiles, and handhelds that are perfect for working your favorite bands. Want to catch a sneak peek at our upcoming IC905 SHF release? See it at our booth at the Dayton Hamvention. ICOM's newest amateur FM transceiver is the IC V3500. With a compact body and simple interface, this radio is a must for those looking for a long-range mobile with a fresh look. The ICT-10 is a rugged portable that meets or exceeds standard military testing. With an IP67 waterproof rating, the ICT-10 can withstand any field activities ahead. Hear transmissions and listen to FM broadcasts with the loud 1500 milliwatt speaker. The IC7300 is a high-performance innovative HF transceiver the compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various transceiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changes the way entry-level HF is designed. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package. Covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs just over 2 pounds with an RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and the IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. Okay, guys, I'll tell you what. I cannot hear the audio. With that clip playing, I, 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 I couldn't even tell when it was over. I can, I can hear it. Yeah, but, and I used to could hear it here, but... Now, when I play a clip like that, the audio does not, I'm not hearing the audio here. Let me play another clip. Let me put a hand bot on here. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Why? I'm I, not hearing it. Now, I hear that, but it's not in my headphone feed. It's on my 
desktop speaker, so it may be coming on a different audio out. Are you telling me your uh, earphones are plugged in only one side of your audio? When I'm when I'm talking here, the Melon yeah. app on the web uses my headphones. But when you played Hambot right there, it came out of my desktop speakers, which are the default speaker device, <laughs> not the Melon app device. No way. I'm telling you this Melon app has bugs. No way. No way. No way. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. It, it- have you got your audio set up where the output goes to your headphones? Yes. Okay. There ain't in, no way. There's no way I'm app. changing. There's no way I'm changing your audio output on it. All right. Computer. All right. Go ahead and play it again. And li- Now, how could you hear that if it's in my headphones and you're not hearing everything else? I, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear anything. Came right out of the speakers. All right. All right. Look, look, look. let's just, we've got experts on the chat room. All right. Yeah. Experts, line up your experts to, to talk about this. Glenn has his audio set for his mic, his, his uh, headset mic input, and he's got his audio set for... Well, I don't know what you get your audio set for. In Melon App, I have my audio set to use a USB headset. Ah, USB headset. And All it, right. I the and that's you know the audio uses the USB mic, and the the sound uses the USB headset. My default is my speakers on my desk. So you're, you're telling me, you're telling yes. me that you're hearing me right now in your headphones. Correct. But if I do this, you telling me it's going to come out your speaker. Now, let me try this. Hang on. Hey, guys, we need your help. The hunts. Yep. That came out your speakers. Yes, it did. Okay. We need an expert in the chat room. Uh, let's see. Exactly, Mark. Probably playing browser audio to the speakers. Browser no. audio is played to um, the default speakers. Oh, you know what that tells me? I'm not sure what that tells me. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you that Melon app doesn't do what it's supposed to do when it's supposed to do it. That is uh, very interesting. Oh. Uh, I don't even know how to troubleshoot or figure that out. Uh, because I don't have that level of um, granularity in determining my settings. Well, that's a new one on me where where some audio comes out your headphones and some audio comes out your speakers. It's because of the Melon app having its own <laughs> ability to control audio. Yeah, but I'm sending the same audio, both, all the audio. Apparently it's different. Apparently it's different when you play it versus microphone. Hmm, interesting. Because remember I told you your audio that way was about twice what the theme was, and that's a played. (laughs) And I don't remember if the theme was playing in my headset or off the desk. Yeah, okay, well. 
That just doesn't. I mean, uh, Jeff is saying the audio, the app has different audio settings. That's fine, but all the audio I'm sending you is going through the app. So I'm not saying app uh, send some audio this way and app send some audio that way, unless it's doing it and I don't know it. So I think you're, it's doing uh, it. Mark, you don't Mark know P? it. Mark P. Mark P. We're going to have to. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's a big deal or not, but Mark P, we need to test this in the next couple of days to see what uh, what's happening there. Uh, and also, also, uh, I'm not getting any, um, I'm not hearing the audio when I run uh, a video. And I, I was hearing it before. I don't know how it got turned off. I think your computer did it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Glenn, oh, Glenn, he says, are you watching it on the browser or the app? Oh, I, I, I'm, it's kind of coming to me now. I think I may be starting it's a, to understand. It's a browser that I'm using. I do not have the app. I'm using the browser link on Chrome. But yeah, again. But, yeah, but you're tuned, into the, you're tuned into the app, though. I mean. I'm you, using the link you sent me on yeah, Chrome. Yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. So technically it is the it is the browser, but it's the app on the browser. Yeah. And no, Bill, we're not using Zoom. We're using this Melon app. Yeah. And Maybe. it's it, it it doesn't it does it handles the playback audio differently than your audio feed there, Tom. So it's coming through a different path. Now can can I I'm gonna to have to get somebody in here to certify that. I'm not sure if it's really me or or your 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 windows. Your windows. I've got my audio engineer right here, and she's okay. saying this is what well, it is. If he can talk, I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, take whatever he says. Yeah. Tell him it's wrong. <laughs> Tell him the app just ain't doing what it's supposed to do. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey guys okay well hey hey i hope the uh part on the rf exposure was interesting for you um that uh, uh is something that goes into effect tomorrow again is you're not required to submit it uh just you should you should do a couple of those and just you know print it out and put it in the file you know uh okay uh so we're uh, we're two weeks away from Dayton. Two weeks. Two weeks. Well, maybe less. It's it's the eighteenth on Thursday when I drive up. Yeah, yeah, eighteenth and today's okay. Well, that's uh, that's right at two weeks 18th. and two days. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So, guys, we're looking for volunteers that can stream for us. Uh, from up here, we'll provide you the links and everything. You, you just walk around, and uh, we'd like to get your name on a on a little uh, a schedule that we put together. I'd love to have you there. Uh, so let's see. Let me talk about something else here. Let me get uh, some. Let me bring something else up that's uh, kind of interesting, or I'm working on next. Um. So everybody knows I've been kind of slow rolling my satellite, um, my satellite uh, system. I bought the 
Yezu azimuth elevation rotors. Uh, I've got the new SAT SAT uh, 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 satellite controller. It will control the antennas. So <clears throat> my next step is to get up on the roof and take off the the two antennas, the 440 and the uh, uh, two meter antenna. They're single, they're just single Yaggies up there and uh, uh, so one polarity. And anybody knows anything about the satellite, that satellite is kind of moving. It's kind of rotating up there. So your polarity changes. If you're listening to the satellite, well, like with a handy talkie and a, and a handheld antenna, you can actually rotate that antenna to clear up and get a better signal. In other words, when you got the polarity match, you can hear the satellite very, very good. If the polarity is is like opposite, the satellite takes a deep fade kind of. So my antennas are fixed. Uh, they're fixed uh, vertical polarization up there. The antennas I'm going to be putting up are the M square uh, satellite antennas. They they are both uh, they're the crisscross plus type antenna where I've got vertical and horizontal elements on each one of them. And they're phased together uh, for, I think, right-handed circular polarization. And we need to get an expert on circular polarization. I can. I also have the cabling uh, fixed up here where I can uh, send 12 volts up uh, to each antenna. And that should reverse the, uh, that should reverse the right-hand circular polarity to left-hand circular polarity. Sometimes it makes a difference, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. So uh, that's a, one of the next steps coming up. Uh, so I went up uh, yesterday and uh, I, I took a couple of pictures. These are hard to see. Uh, this is a little flat roof over uh, a back porch where I have my antennas. Looked like you were doing that around sunset. On it. Um, it may have been. It may have been, and and this is a non-penetrating mount. I welded me a little tripod there, and it's on a it's on a uh, pallet. It's on a pallet, and I'll be laying uh, some concrete weights on it. So that's non-penetrating. I didn't you know drill holes or put bolts into the roof or anything like that, and it's held up pretty pretty good. Right now, both those antennas are aimed up. I, I aimed them up almost straight up. Because my plan is when I go up there, th those are actually out of reach. I can't reach the top rotor. So my plan is to go out there and grab that mast and just tilt it over, tilt it over 90 degrees and maybe put, uh, let it rest on a couple of milk cartons. And that way uh, the antennas will be roughly at, you know, knee height or waist height or something. And what I have to do is take the two antennas off. I need to put me another boom between here to get them a little more distance apart. I need to change the uh, the uh, elevation rotor out, which is on top, and I need to change out the azimuth rotor, which is lower. I may have a better picture here. Let's see. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, that is part. something. Don't forget, you got to do your exposure calculations on that thing too. Well, yeah, I do. I really do. Uh, so uh, there is the, uh, you know, there's the two antennas just aimed basically straight up uh, there. 
you can see the elevation rotor at the very top. You can see the very bottom picture. You can see the azimuth uh, rotor. Uh, there's a little flat roof I'm talking about. Uh, you know, it's in the back. I've got a lot of trees around my house. Um, I just have to deal with it. They're going to cause some attenuation. I do have some open sky, you know, especially above and to the north and to the west. Anything low to the east and south, I'll have to shoot through the trees, which is okay. You can do it, but it's going to attenuate things. Uh, and, uh, well, that's not what I want to bring up. So there's another shot from a different angle. You can see the pallet. You can see the rotors. The antenna's pointing straight up. Uh, another shot. You can see the trees behind back there. There it is from uh, looking at it from the ground. And um, so you can see the little 440 antenna right there. It looks like it's about, I don't know, it's about four foot long or so. Uh, the new 440 antenna I'm putting on there, that sucker is about 17 feet long. I mean, it is a long. That's a monster. It's a monster crisscrossed antenna. It's going to be as long as that two meter beam you see right there. Uh, so let's see. There's another shot just of the, you know, the base again. And again, I'm just going to grab that. It makes it pretty easy to, to uh, that rotor you see at the top there is just about head height. So everything above that is out of reach for me. So I'm just going to grab that, that mass pipe here and just lean it over. That, that whole pallet will then tilt over. I do think I need to put me a couple more weights on there uh, just because I'm going to have a lot more wind uh, resistance on, on the new antennas. Okay, so that is back to... Yeah, you're going to need another 10 pages of that. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, because well, your power is going to be different if you're working satellites versus the moon bounce. Hey, yeah. Well, no, I don't know. It's just it's one antenna and uh, one band. Just yeah, but aren't you, aren't you going to increase the power if you're going to do moon bounce? Well, I, I don't have power here to, to increase. Ah, well... Probably won't. Uh, I do want to try the moon bounce. Uh, I understand. I mean, uh, the the 9700 here, I think, runs, doesn't it run 100 watts? Pretty sure it does, yeah. Yeah, I think it does. So that'd be about what max I could run. That is really the minimum that you can use for moon bounce. And when I say minimum, I'm talking about using something like... Uh, uh, a digital uh, uh, format, uh, digital J, um, was it JT? JT65. JT65, I think, is for satellite. So uh, that's about the minimum. And, in t and also to make contact using that 100 watts in JT65, uh, to increase the chances, you need a big gun station at the other end. You need somebody at the other end that's got power and it's got a lot of antenna. And yeah, it, and you and also it, have to yeah. be careful running that JT65 at 100 watts at, you know, 100% duty cycle. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's another thing we will have to consider. Uh, You're going to want to run like a 50% duty cycle at best. Yeah, yeah. You know, back in the older days when we ran Tolotype, uh, you know, that was high duty cycle and We'd always run an extra fan or something, you know, blowing in. Well, in we radio. also had tubes that were very forgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, true. running 100 watts on a 6146, it was kind of like, yeah, what else do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah, let's see. 
You know, Jeff's talking about the egg beater antennas. Uh, I, I built an egg beater antenna uh, a number of years ago and tried it. Uh huh. I had I had a I set that I built. I didn't use it very much. Um, people are are successfully making contacts with the egg beater. You know, it just it's fixed in one place, and uh, you know, you don't rotate it or anything. It's I don't think you don't rotate the egg beater. It's just fixed. No, it's just fixed. Yeah. yeah. So Jeff's and, talking about uh, he's he's on some egg beaters. Yeah. Now what I've got is a pair of the Scorpion uh, wire Yaggies. And uh, they're they're two meter and four forty, and then I've got them rotated and then phased together. So I've got horizontal and vertical through a phasing harness on my two. Yeah. Oh, let's see. I check the check the uh, chat room here. Yeah, that was kind of my experience. I had some home-built egg beaters, and they were kind of like, okay. And when I went up to take them down, discovered that one of them had apparently been hit by lightning because the PVC cap that housed the the connector and everything was literally charred. Yeah. But fortunately, it didn't get a rig or anything like that. It just took the antenna because I generally leave the stuff disconnected if I'm not going to be on the air. Yeah, uh, and I, I've disconnected mine over. I haven't been on in a while, and uh, you know it, it's safe to disconnect your antennas, especially when you, you know, have these storms come through. We've had some pretty good storms come through yeah. here the last uh, couple months. And see, I'm near the top of a hill, so I'm kind of a lightning target. Yeah. So you know, I've got my remote base set up over there, and I've got a. Uh, off center fed antenna out there, which is multi-band and that way I can I can go from band to band with the remote base without having to switch antennas. And uh, basically what I did, I built up just a little box that, that uses one of these Wi-Fi uh, Wi-Fi switches. And uh, I use that to turn my remote base on and off. You know, I think it's, is it me? Uh, I forget what the app is. Wemo, Wemo or something like that. Is yeah. It Wemo? Yeah, Wemo. So I just hit the little button and the radio comes on over here, you know. And uh, in that little box I built up that has the, the AC turn on and off, I also put another, I put a, uh, a coaxial antenna relay switch in there uh, where when the power comes on there, that relay energizes and it connects the antenna to the radio. And uh, of course, when it's off, it drowns the antenna. So, it gives me some protection on my my remote base over there. All right, all right. Uh, so we talked a little about the satellite tonight. We're talking about the RF exposure. Uh, let me uh, let me just fill everybody in on what's going on. I think with our uh, with our balloons that we launched, um, and I should be able to pull it up here. There we go. Um, yeah. So I thought 112 and 113 uh, were down for good. Uh, one, 112, I haven't heard from 112 in about 20 days. That's not totally 
impossible that it won't come back, but 20 days is pretty long and we should have heard from it. Uh, so I feel like the, and that's the red track you see there. I feel like probably 112, it stopped transmitting. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, 113, W5KB 113 is the green. It started off uh, making about four or five revolutions in the north uh, hemisphere. It went to the south hemisphere, and it's been flying around down there, uh, uh, another six or seven loops around the world. Uh, three days ago, it stopped transmitting. I thought, well, it's gone. But it, it, it sent another whisper transmission today. So um, 113 is still flying. And if you look at the sun, sun, daylight, darkness there, this is wintertime in Antarctica, and the days are very short, and there's not much sun down here. So that may be one of the things that's affecting it. Now back to 112. 112 is flying up at the top there. Uh, uh, we were hoping that we would make one year on that balloon flight. That was unheard of a few years ago. If you could get a few weeks, uh, that was great. But uh, we were shooting for one year. After 310 days, uh, at 310 days, that was our last time we heard from it. Uh, leading up to that 310 days, um, we were only getting about one report per day, maybe a week apart. So we weren't getting much. Uh, and it was only being received by some very powerful receiving stations uh, off the West Coast. So we've, we've known that we've had a firmware bug uh, in the firmware that causes it not to transmit as many times a day as it should. But the last few times that we did pick it up, the signal was very low. Uh, the signal is very low, and we feel like maybe the antenna, the bottom antenna, maybe after 310 days, has swung back and forth enough in the air that maybe it broke off. Uh, I did some tests with the bottom antenna removed, and it's a very, very weak signal. And that's what we were getting. 310 days ago, we had a very, very weak signal. The altitude was still perfect. It was still up at 47,000. I think it's still flying. I think that the transmitter has just stopped, or I think the antenna has broken off. I was hoping that maybe one of these strong receiving stations might pick it up again over the next days or week. And if we could get a report, if we could just get a single whisper report every three weeks and know it's still flying, that would be great. <clears throat> so we haven't really given this one up yet. We haven't heard from it in 20 days. We've had them before go up in the, you know, in the darkness for 20 days and we didn't hear from them, but <clears throat> it should be in the light. So we're still going to monitor for another few weeks, and we hope that uh, W5KUB112, will. we hope that Huey, Dewey, and Louie will get a transmission out and a position report at least once every few weeks and we will know it's still flying and we're hoping we hit the the one year mark on it uh, but all i can all i can confirm today is 310 310 days 
That's still pretty impressive, though, when you think about yeah. it. I mean, back before you got into these uh, newer balloons, you know, with the SBS, you were lucky to get two or three weeks, if that. Yeah. And now, yeah. you know, you're talking 310 days on a pair, and Bill's saying that uh, WB4ELK is still flying around Antarctica since November. And uh, yeah. so, you know, that's what, four months, five months? Yeah. So, I mean, and these things are doing quite well for what they are. So, so um, let me see if I can bring the screen up. <clears throat> see if I can, if I've got it here real quick. <clears throat> um, well, let's just look here. W5KUB.com. We're going to click on balloon at the top. We're going to scroll down just to get the days. Okay, so there we go. So, <clears throat> uh, 112 was launched uh, 325 days ago, but actually, we haven't heard from it since day 310. Uh, it's only 15 one, days, though, so you've gone 20 before. Yeah, yeah. The other one, the 113 here on the right side, it's actually been flying 208 days now and so i mean you know it's got 100 days to catch up with uh 112 but we'll see we'll see how it goes yeah i mean it's it's still these are amazing you know 310 days if you know you back back when we started doing this 310 days was just unheard of yeah yeah well, yeah, Bill, uh, we're hoping that we hear from it. Uh, you know, if it if it goes close to the West Coast, uh, you know, maybe that, that station will pick it up again. But, you know, it's it, it may change. Uh, it may change its route. It may go up through Alaska and over uh, over uh, Canada or, or something. And that station may not receive it. So don't know. Uh, we do know that when we get over uh, into Asia and those, all the countries that start with Stan, you know, Uzbekistan and Pakistan and all the stands. I can't name the stands. Anyway, yeah. it's very difficult to get signals out over there. So wasn't counting too much there, not counting over the Pacific that much, uh, especially with, with maybe a lost antenna. But if it just fly over California and you know, I mean, hey, it may fly over California during the night, and then we don't have exactly. any transmission at all. So exactly. that's the thing. You know, it's got to be at the right place at the right time to uh, to get a position report uh, with it uh, crippled. And, uh, you know, that combination might not come around, but every 45 days or something, who, who knows, man? Yeah, all I right. Would, I wouldn't write it off just yet. I mean, it may be getting close, but, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd still hold out a little bit of hope for them both. Yeah, yeah. But if not, I mean, those are just phenomenal flight times. Yeah, so uh, Mark mentioned the government's tracking a balloon around Hawaii, but did a quick check and no amateur balloons in that region. Well, we may be flying there. It's just that we're not reporting. So we don't know if we're there or not. And uh, that's kind of neat. The government now, they must have realized that they can check on these Pico balloons and kind of find out where (laughs) they are. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know they're checking on them now. Yeah, you yeah. think they'd have done that before they wasted a few of the sidewinders? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, basically, Russ, yeah, it's on a random wire antenna, possibly. We don't really know. You know, the firmware on, what, 112 we think is flaky, but Tom was saying that I think it was 113 that had the, was it 112 that also possibly has the bad antenna? Well, the, the 112 is the one that's had some flaky firmware since since launch. And also, that's the one that's been flying 310. We think the antenna could have broken. When that bottom antenna breaks off, you know, I mean, that's a half-wave dipole, so you actually got a quarter wave above it. Yeah. Yeah, a quarter wave with no counterpose or anything, you know, no other half the antenna. So, man, the signal gets really weak. Uh, I did test it, and... I got very few pickups with it here hanging in a tree. Now, which one of those is running the hundred milliwatt transmitter? That's the that's one thirteen. One thirteen over okay. and is down in uh, the Antarctic now, and also that one uh, we've got uh, uh, duplicate solar cells mounted at forty five degree angles, so uh, it should be picking up some low sun uh, certain days uh, down there. Did that one with the circular solar cells go down? Yeah, it went it it yeah it went down after I don't know. I thought that minutes. was a pretty cool design. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and we did one like that years ago with the circular design. In fact, that's the one that the Polish Amateur Radio Club recovered that we launched. Uh, they went over during. I mean, they went out during the pandemic and recovered uh, one of our uh, balloons there. And uh, we haven't heard from them since. All right. Well, let's see. We uh, let me think here. I'm looking at the time here. 9:40. Anybody got any questions in the chat room here? Any volunteers to help at Dayton uh, to help us? And uh, also remember, in two weeks we're going to webcast the Dayton Hamvention all day Saturday. We're going to have roving uh, video reporters out there. And we're going to be giving away prizes on Saturday. I think that's the 20th. I think it's May the 20th. It's Saturday. And uh, we're going to have a good time there. We'll probably be on Friday some. Uh, just testing and try to get things working a little better. I know we're going to have to work some issues out, you know, there. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we might see something. You might see something on Friday. Who, who knows? We won't give out any prizes Friday, but uh, that's going to be our test day. And I think it's so neat that uh, uh, we're using uh, Elon Musk uh, uh, Starlink for our connection. You know, in past years, we've used uh, a satellite link uh, with a satellite company. And uh, this year, uh, we're going to try out uh, Starlink and uh, Mark tells me that uh, I think it's supposed to have quite a quite a good uh, you know throughput on it. Yeah, I've now, heard I've it's, got, it's pretty good. Now I've got friends, or we got relatives uh, living on a houseboat in North Carolina. They finally put Starlink in, and they're only getting like ten megs down or something. But 
that's better than what they had. They had like one meg before, so it yeah. was a great improvement. They were still happy with it, but uh, uh, typically, uh, I think Starlink's supposed to give you hundreds of megs. Uh, yeah, I want to say two hundreds a number two, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill's got it right. How's the Starlink going to handle with thirty thousand RF sources nearby? Well, you know, I guess it depends on the frequency. I mean, how yeah. many of those thirty thousand are going to have the same frequency that Starlink can? Where's Starlink at? It's probably up in the gigs. Probably, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things there's uh, <clears throat> over the years, and we've been going up here forty years. We webcasted for twenty years from up here, and we were first out in the flea market. Oh man, it, w it was very difficult to get internet out there. And uh, if you could get one or two megs, you were doing great. Uh, and uh, Verizon had a tower. You could see it from the from the Hare Arena. You could see the Verizon tower, but uh, it got hit by lightning one year, and I think they never brought it back up. But uh, you know, using something like Verizon data, you you get uh, you get twenty thousand people there, and everybody has a telephone now. So you got twenty thousand people trying to hit that one cell tower, and it just phones just do do not want to work, man. You, you don't know. have that many circuits available. No. Uh -uh. Mark says he thinks it's at twenty twenty-eight gig. Twenty-eight gig. That's uh, that's on up there now. Hey, we need to run a uh, I don't know the power level. Uh, it's probably got, I guess that's a patch type antenna. And it's kind of neat that I get the way I hear Starlink works, their antenna actually, it, it actually moves. It, it positions itself. You don't have to aim it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. We could, uh, we could run a, uh, RF exposure here. Well, hey, maybe we have Mark here in the flea market set up a 10 foot fence around his booth there. Yeah. And he can put signs on there saying, you know, we're running 28 gigs here. And, uh, you know, be aware if you step in here, you, you may get fried. Yeah, this this is a controlled environment per the FCC. Yeah, you don't need a, spe you don't need a special app. Uh, oh, uh, WD8IOL is asking, do you need a special app on your phone to, to our webcast? Uh, no, you don't. Uh, it, it uses your browser on your phone. Uh, we just send you a link. We send you a link uh, to to come into the show. You click that link, and it brings up uh, it brings up uh, the show, and you're actually then uh, selected uh, as a camera, as a camera and microphone on the show. And we could have multiple. We can bring in multiple people, for instance, like this. I mean, I got three in here right now. We could we could have 10 or 12 people in here right now, and we can just uh, select the one we want to look at, you know, as they're walking around. So if we have multiple people walking around, uh, we can just uh, say, hey, that looks interesting, and we can double click on it, and it'll do that, and we can see what he's looking at, you know. And... Uh, Oh, I caught Glenn. Caught Call Glenn. On it. I Body saw you. Yeah. Hey. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, hey, it's well, anyway, my bedtime. Yeah. So, so no, uh, no special app or anything here. Let's see. Mark says, Google says it ranges from 10 to 12 gigs and 37 to 42 gigs. 
We also said you had to specify a fixed address for the Starlink. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Mark P. Maybe you know Mark P. Uh, you'll be the one setting it up there. Um, do, do, when you set up, do you, is there a place you go into the setup and you put the address? Uh, I know, um, for instance, uh, like over in North Carolina, we have uh, cell services very, very bad out in the out in the mountains. So we have what we call a, a, a network extender. Basically, it's a, a Verizon box that plugs in the internet, and it actually makes a a a mini cell site in your house and uh uh it actually has gps on it and you have to put the little antenna there at the window where you can get the gps filled. if it doesn't get the gps lock it won't work and that's because of i think the 911 uh, um, requirements they want to know where it is they if you didn't have a gps lock or an address in there and you know you you call for help on 911 they would they probably couldn't find you you know yeah now mark is saying that there's an address sitting on the the starlink app on his phone oh wow, okay okay so probably just uh yeah probably he just needs will need to go in there and change the the address uh, in the app to that i mean it may work without changing it again it may that may be a 911 issue that they just would like to have a, a good address. But uh, uh, at least we know about that now and we can, we'll think about that. And if it doesn't work out there, then we'll know to, uh, we'll know to uh, put that in there. Uh, let's see, might want to test the Starlink Green County Fairgrounds before May 19th. Well, there you go. Mark says he's just 10 miles from the fairgrounds. Yeah. Yeah, I think what Bill's what Bill may be insinuating is that I don't know if it's got a specific address GPS coordinates, it might not work if you move it somewhere else. But then again, in the app, if you can change that address, then it probably well, would work. You also have to remember it's designed to be worked with RVs and campgrounds too, so it's it's yeah, gonna, yeah. gonna be flexible in that regard. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> yep. So I would think you might even have GPS coordinates linked into the app that would allow you to, to position it. Yeah. Yeah. See, Mark is saying you can travel with it and change the address. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I already get one just to play with here. They have a yeah. backup. You know, they have a backup network. Uh, now, uh, you network guys, I'm not a network. I'm not a real heavyweight. Cisco networking guy or nothing. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, that wouldn't work. My What's question that? was, my question was, what if I set my streaming up? Probably couldn't even do it to go out on Comcast on, on, on my cable and also on Starlink at the same time. And then I think um, you can only you you would have to have a separate computer and set up to stream it to two different locations simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it'd work. Let's see, how long did you have to wait to get to Starlink? Uh, one year. <clears throat> uh, let's 
Yeah, just like Mark says, you need two computers. Auto auto align. I guess that's auto. Yeah, auto align according to your address. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they're also saying it's a like a one year lead time to get the Starlink. And my friend in Senatobia, he had to wait about a year to get his. Well, one of the things, well, one one thing that delayed all that was uh, Elon sent nearly all the units to the Ukraine. Yeah, that was, that was a big uh, that emptied their supply pretty quick. I think you know. Yeah, Mark says he's been signed up for a while. So yeah, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> uh, so hey, you got fiber close to you down here. Yeah, all right. Any any possibilities of getting closer to getting connected? Who, me? Yeah. I've seen it going in up the street, but no, they see my antennas and it's like, no, we ain't putting the fiber near this guy's house. <laughs> oh man. And they're like, nope, nope, nope. We'll give him a bicycle and he can run the data down here. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think at some point I will get fiber. Um, but I'm in an older subdivision and it's just not a, a popular thing for them to do that at this point. Yeah. Yep. But they, I have seen them, um, you know, they're, they are definitely doing some kind of buried cable just up the street from me. So I'm assuming it's fiber. And I know that one street over is the, uh, the uh, C Spire fiber that they run for the school internets. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's on all sides of me, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah. But one of these days. You know, probably when I retire, that's when I get the full speed. Well, you keep giving in. You're never going to retire, man. Oh, yes, I am. No, 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 no. The pool is fixed. The air conditioner is fixed. I'm just now, I, I, uh, I'm set to retire on June 30th, but if they make me a deal where I only have to work one day a week in the office, I'll stay. Now, I I heard what you said. The pool's fixed. The air conditioner's fixed. Now, usually in that situation, you have to work about 10 years more, you know, just to nope. pay for that. Nope, they're paid for. Okay. Yeah, right. this, this particular job, for lack of a better word, they offered me two wheelbarrows full of money to take this job. Woo. All right. Well, just roll one over here. Hey, no, no, uh, no, no. That's uh, what bought my darn FT-101. Yeah, Bill is saying uh, Starlink is now 120 a month. They advertised 99 last year. So yeah, 120 a month. I don't know. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, Andy, you're not going to have any problems with fiber and your HF dipole because it's just silicon glass. Yeah. You know, not going to have any interference. There's no <laughs> copper there. The only copper is at the uh, the exchange point. So yeah, it's that's the cool thing about fiber. All right, hey, I, I'm gonna try one thing here toward the end of the show. We're we're coming up right at the end of the show. We're gonna terminate the show. I'm ready for some popcorn. Oh yeah, popcorn yeah, sounds man. good. Yeah, popcorn. Put a little extra salt on it. Oh man, I, you know what? I just set I set my alarm. I gotta get about seven o'clock in the morning. I gotta go get blood for a six month physical, man. I just did mine a couple days ago. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I should eat a lot of salt tonight. Maybe right. Yeah. Right. They're going to love you if you do that. Well, hey, while you're talking about that, how's Kathy and her hips doing? 
Oh, hey, she is walking around uh, doing pretty good. She's not even using a cane now. I mean, I'm talking walking with no walker, no no cane. She's walking, man. Very you know? cool. Very She's cool. Walking. And uh, I don't know. Her uh, her recovery was pretty rough the first week or 10 days. Yeah. Uh, and then you see on the Internet, you see these people that have the surgery and they come out of it. And the next day they're out playing tennis and they're saying, you know, that hey, was my dad. Yeah, he had it? the surgery. Well, he had the surgery at 82, 83, thereabouts. Yeah. And he said he he's played tennis all of his life. And he just now, you know, about a year or two ago stopped. But he said if he had known that the surgery was going to be that good, he would have quit. He would have gotten the surgery years ago. But yeah, he was back out playing tennis in, in almost no time. Yeah. Well. And he's he's in his mid eighties, you know, eighty-six now, I think. Now he's he's given up the tennis, but you know, still um he had 40, 50 years worth of beat up knees and hips. And uh he yeah. says the best thing that ever happened to him. Yep. All right. Well, Mark Mark's telling me I shouldn't eat anything tonight and draw blood if, tomorrow. If, yeah, if they're gonna do cholesterol tests specifically, uh, you don't want to eat. 12 hours? Let me think. 12 hours. Let's see. They're going to draw blood about eight. Oh, you can't have your popcorn. Oh, man. I passed it 12 hours. Mm. Oh, man. I no, pop gun. no popcorn for you. Uh, I don't know. You know, hey, if the blood comes back bad, I can just tell the doctor. I said, Doc, I eat a bunch of popcorn right before it. So just subtract out, you know, whatever that does, you know. Well, you so, realize when you do that, they take twice as much blood the next time <laughs> and they make it hurt. Oh, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, oh, I had all I had all mine done. Uh, what was yeah. it? Uh, last Thursday. I tell you, man, between seeing a doctor for like, I, I, you know, I see it twice a year. I don't know. Is that normal? For well, yeah. I mean, well, you're asking the wrong person what's normal. Okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't I ask mean, you. Well, I, I, I see him twice a year. I, I see him twice a year. I guess they take blood twice a year and whatever. But I actually then, they then, take mine four times a year. Yeah, and then hey, man, the dentist twice a year. But let me tell you, I think they're cheating. I think they call me about every three months. To tell you the truth, I'm gonna start <laughs> putting it down. I'm gonna put it down on a calendar. I, I can't believe six months pass. You know. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So. Anyway, kind of like the car oil changes. You don't need your oil changed every three months. Yeah. Well, you know, while we're speaking of oil, I don't change mine every three months. You know, my Silverado I bought, it says don't change it every three months. It's got a, I don't know, maybe the newer car, they got a gauge in here and it says it'll tell you when to change That's your correct. oil. That's correct. It's got a little sensor in there that, you know, checks the, you yeah. know, the, the dirtiness in the oil. And when it reaches a certain point, then it, alerts you yeah my uh my jeep's the same way yeah yeah well that, that's kind of neat you know okay here's what i was wanting to do well the show was basically over guys but here's what i wanted to do i'm concerned that i didn't have any audio when i play a video clip i honestly think if i restarted that i think it would be there to tell you the truth i think it's a bug in the app Oh I'm my gonna gosh, you're this. agreeing with me? There's bugs in the yeah. app? I'm going to do this. I'm going to hit refresh. I want to see what refresh does. Now, it's probably going to knock you off. It's going to knock me off, yeah. No, no, I don't know. It may, it may bring you right back in. Let's see. In fact, in fact, I think I could, 
I think I could close the app down and I think you guys would still be on the show. Well, wait a minute. I don't know about that. No, 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 no you, you, you would still, you'd still be on the app. If, if let's say Mark was on with us, if I, if I, if I lost my connection, you and Mark would still be on the app talking to each other. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, because I, I it so. loses the control path and it'll I drop me so. out. All right, here's what I want to do. I'm going to hit refresh. And uh, get ready to hit your link to join. But first, let me see if you join automatically. This will be a good test. We're learning what this app will do. So I'm going to hit refresh right now. And hey, guys, if we lose everybody out there, send me three. It's good night. Thanks for watching tonight. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week. And uh, hey, invite somebody to the show. Okay, here we go. All right, so I'm going to do a refresh right now. Don't immediately join. Let's just see if it comes right back in by itself, okay? Okay. I won't do here anything. We go. Here we go. Here we go. Refresh right. All right. Uh, I just did a refresh. I just did a refresh, and you're still I'm there. I'm still here. You're still there. Now, let me see if I hear audio. Let's see. Uh, Man, I'm not getting any audio. It's coming out of my default speakers. Well, I don't know why. It quit coming out of my speaker and it's coming out of your speaker. So, <laughs> oh, man. Okay. There, there's something in the way the app routes the playback audio versus microphone audio. I'm going to look at one thing here. Look at look at my, uh, my audio. Well... Microphone array. Okay. Communicate digital audio, digital microphone array. Nope, I've selected the right one. Uh, okay, well, I'll have to figure this out later. So the people out there watching are hearing Hambot, right? Yeah, I mean, here's So everybody's hearing it. It just, it don't come out here. Nope. Comes out of my primary speakers on this PC, but I'm hearing you inside the headphones. All right. But that's a setting in the Melon app. Yeah. So Melon app is not using the audio settings there at the bottom of the screen next to the microphone for playback audio. Now you as a host, you may have a different set of controls than what I do. Because I don't have half the controls you, you've got. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, man. I want some popcorn. <laughs> yeah, but no, but 12 hours, you know, nope, 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 no popcorn. They, hey, hey, you go in for surgery, they tell you don't eat anything after midnight, you know. That's right. Oh, so now, you, now you're going to play this little game. Yeah. I mean, if that's good <laughs> enough for surgery, don't eat after midnight. I've got, uh, I, I tell you what, I'm going to make it easy for you. Yeah. I'm going to make a double batch and I'll eat your share. I got three hours on that standard. Don't eat anything after midnight for surgery. No, you've uh, only got two hours. You're not on Eastern time. Yeah, you're not on mountain time. Yeah, yeah I got two now hours. you could pretend you're on Pacific time and, and go that route. I can eat an awful lot in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, maybe I had a popcorn. I just won't put extra salt on it. Actually, you know, I found this stuff. It's called no salt salt. Yeah. And and what it is, instead of sodium chloride, it's potassium chloride. And it's just a slightly different chemical makeup. It tastes just a little bit different. Um, it's got kind of a, a small metallic aftertaste oh, if man. you take it straight. But if you put it in stuff like popcorn or in food, it's perfect. And it's not as bad know. for you as the, as the regular salt. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm going to ask my cardiologist about it, but it's what I use. Because, you know, it's. Sodium chloride is bad for you, period. Potassium chloride, they call this no salt salt. So I'm just questioning, is it as bad of a health risk thing? Of course, we don't have Papa Doc on here to tell us. Yeah. You know, the one night we don't get Papa Doc to tell us, you know, what we can and can't do medically. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm looking at. Uh, 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 Bruce there in Southern Mexico yard told me, look at my sound settings. I, I'm under my sound settings. Real tech audio. It says headphones. I don't know why headphones. Oh, well. Hmm. Input. Digital audio interface. That's not right. That's not right at all. I'm not on a digital... I'm not on a USB capture audio. I'm straight in mic array. Something's weird here, man. Oh, well, I, I might have to look at this tomorrow. This is going to take some time to figure out. Yeah. All yeah. right. Good night. good night, everybody. Good night. Enjoyed it, man. Hey, you had a good time tonight, everybody. See you. All right, man. We'll see you.